0: Welcome on in to your Thursday edition of the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard, the only place for you to check out Daily Orange Podcast. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Tim, I think you kind of hit it on the head, man. I think we've hit (laughs) a little bit of a lull in this college football stuff. Now, I did see that the Big East canceled fall sports, which I don't think is much of a surprise to both you or I since... They don't have football anymore, so I was really surprised it actually took them this long I to put the <laughs> axe through it, but... We've got other stuff to talk about today because once there's more stuff with the cancellations and just the state of college football, we'll hit on it when it comes. But there has been a lot of other stuff that's popped up in the Syracuse stratosphere over the last week that we really need to get to. So we're going to talk about all these centers that they've been after as well on the recruiting trail 2021, 2022 guys. But first we start with... Probably the most interesting news of the summer, aside from landing some commits, and it is Indiana, the University of Indiana, Archie Miller, trying to poach Alan Griffin off of the Syracuse assistant coaching staff. So Archie is going after Griff. They worked together at Dayton for half a a dozen years, and Bruiser Flint, one of his top assistants, one of his mainstay guys on his staff, has left the program to go and coach at the University of Kentucky with Coach Cal, who poached him off of his staff after <laughs> one of Cal's guys went to the NBA to go coach with the Knicks. So it's the whole chain of events that has led to Griff potentially on the way out of Syracuse. Yeah, and credit to, I
1: believe, Mike Waters, someone yep, at Syracuse.com. And it was, okay, our guy Mike Waters had this, who said a source told him, there has not been any comment from the assistant coach, Alan Griffin. Not the player, Alan Griffin, remember? I know. It's this. funny this how... This could remove all
0: confusion if Griff does leave. <laughs> right. It's, Maybe this uh... is Bayheim's larger plan. No, in... <laughs> obviously it's not, but...
1: Right. Insert one Alan Griffin and remove the other so that there's uh, no confusion when they're calling out their names in practice or whatever, but we joke. I mean, this is pretty big news, like you said, and... You know, I did kind of always wonder, okay, Miller's now at Indiana. I know there was a relationship there. Does that leave anything? But obviously, you would imagine Griffin, this is the school that he played for. This is the coach that he played for. And now he's working for that coach. You'd imagine he loves the Syracuse community, and it's going to be hard for him. I mean, this is kind of like his dream job. It's just as an assistant. Like, if it was just yeah, taking step assistant down, right. jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, You would think this would be very, very high on the list, but it seems like he has a good professional relationship with Archie Miller, and Indiana's also got kind of the glitz and the glamour. It would be a change for his family and everything, so you have to wonder. I mean, we can't go inside Alan Griffin's brain, but kind of intriguing because you just would think he's one of those guys that would stay at Syracuse because he was a former player. And you don't see this a lot at Syracuse because it is a lot of former players. But Archie, I guess, gave him a call and
0: we'll see where it goes from here. I've been really grappling with that question that you kind of posed there. Would he really leave? Because I think you, you laid it out perfectly. Both are high profile basketball schools through and through major conferences. And now you're Grappling with the uh, decision of, do you want to work with your former coach, the guy who recruited you, the guy who really kind of believed in you first through all of this and has set you up for the career that uh, you wanted? Or do you want to go work with your former boss, a guy who you had some success with at Dayton, a guy who has now gone up the ladder and gotten to... The, the University of Indiana, or Indiana University, I should say, as, as a Midwesterner, I know that's a <laughs> contentious topic, but is that that's the question I think he's dealing with right now, and I don't know how seriously he's going to take this offer from Archie Miller, but one of the other things that you have to keep in mind is, okay, so his, I don't know what his dream job is, but you'd imagine he'd love to be the head coach at Syracuse one day, Yeah, and when would that day come? I don't think it would be in the very near future at all. No, I. You know, you we played that game the totem all the pole, time. right? right. When you look at the totem pole, it feels like Red and GMAC are on a tier way above Allen. Now, of course, yes. a lot of that has to do with service time, but that day is going to be coming, I would guess, in the next half decade. And I don't see Griff surpassing either one of those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a sort of innate human behavior that I would say most have where it's this idea of I want to carve my own path, right? That's something that, you know, if your dad was in this industry, sometimes you follow him,
0: but sometimes yeah, you take over the family biz, something like right,
1: that. Right. Yeah. But sometimes maybe a better example would be like if you have an older brother or an older sister who went and became famous for this, It's like I don't really want to just follow in their footsteps because then I'm always the little brother or the little sister or whatever you are. So I think there has to be always some of that where it's like if he goes to Indiana and he started out kind of doing this where he was with Archie Miller with the Flyers at Dayton. So if he goes to Indiana, then it's like, oh, I'm going out on my own and I'm kind of proving that There's no nepotism or not that anyone thinks that I don't think, but you know, he kind of has already done that. So I guess this argument doesn't hold as much. I'm just trying to think what is he thinking, right? Because this is all speculation at this point. We don't know anything about how serious this interest is or how serious he is sort of returning the favor, but it's something. And I think Archie Miller, it sounds like this was pretty much his first call and this would be a great Get for Archie Miller and Indiana if they were to say, "Hey, like we just took took back one of our guys who used to be on my staff, but more importantly, like we took him from basically his his alma mater or his yeah. alumni, and, and like that that means a lot if they could do it. So the fact that the interest popped up so quickly after the search started, I think shows that Miller is very intrigued. I don't
0: think the offer would necessarily. Be that much more lucrative, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's hard I mean, to say. It's I, I don't know the Indiana finances, but right, you just imagine though. they're working with very similar budgets and stuff like that. So. We'll keep talking about Griffin just a second, but first got to tell you about Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the market. You want to know why Built Bar is so great? Because of how great it tastes. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar and not just that, it is super healthy for you. Just take a look at the peanut butter brownie, for example, 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories and just three grams of sugar and three grams of net carbs. How about that? A great protein bar. It tastes great. And it's healthy for you. You don't find that trifecta very often. With Built Bar, there is no better way to reward yourself for a workout. And to be honest, during this quarantine period, it's been one of the only reasons I've decided to work out, just so I could reward myself with a nice Built Bar at the end of it all. It comes in 20 amazing flavors, and right now you can go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on so you can get $10 off your first order. Again, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, all one word, and get $10 off your first order. I think now we get into the question of what is exactly, what would Syracuse be losing? If Griff were to leave and I think a lot of people when they hear this news, they're going to think, well, when you look at the recruiting that's been done these last couple of years, it feels like the bulk of it has been under the names of Red Autry and GMAC. And and then obviously there's Jim Beheim too. So he's not you don't often hear his name associated with recruiting as much as some of the other guys. And then, of course, Hopkins was the guy before that as well.
1: Yeah. No, I I think he is definitely the lowest assistant right now, and right now is kind of the operative word there. It, It would be interesting because, I mean, everyone's been clamoring for a big coach that has more of a track record of either playing the position or coaching the position and grooming bigs, right? Like, Griffin is the one that people pick on, and it's not Griffin as much as it is Why is he coaching or why is he the best option we have to coach our bigs? Because as we'll get to the center discussion later on in this podcast, the bigs have been the trouble spot now for the last three, four, really ever since Mike Hopkins left. It seems like the bigs have been not developing at the rate you'd like. I don't pin that on Griffin necessarily. I just would say maybe if you get three, four years down the road and you still have that problem, you might reevaluate, okay, we should bring someone in that has a little more history. That doesn't mean Griffin's not a good coach. He just might be put in a tougher spot than some of the other
0: coaches. I agree with that. And here's what I will say about Griff is that while while the results aren't great in terms of the the overall product on the court because I mean, think about some of the the co- or the players that he's worked with, Pascal Chukwu, Brahmasadibe, Jesse Edwards. None of those guys jump off the page. But I will say this. We have seen each of those guys take a step. I just don't think that when they came into Syracuse, their ceiling was super high to begin with. And, I mean, think about with Pascal Chukwu. He's coming off major eye surgery when he he damaged his retina. Yeah. And his free throw shooting was very, very bad. And he got it to a serviceable level. I know the numbers don't look great. It was, I think he went back yeah, to was much seasons better. of 63%. But there there were stretches where you felt not comfortable with Pascal Chukwu going to the line in, in a clutch situation. But you felt pretty good about him going at least one for two when usually he was stepping to the line and it was an auto 0 for 2. Barama Sidibe took a big step at the end of – this past season, Jesse Edwards was a guy who we thought was an auto candidate to be a redshirt, and he ended the season playing some pretty important minutes for this orange team. So I wouldn't discount the work that he has done with the bigs, even though I would say big man play is not his area of expertise per se. I wouldn't take away anything he's done. I think he's really done about as much as he could with yeah. what he's been given because I mean, right now, he's trying to hammer in a nail with a screwdriver. Let's be honest. And th- that's what he's working with, with some of these bigs. And right now, he's got the volume of these big guys that he's working with, just with John Bowl, with Jesse, with Barama, and now Frank Anselm en- entering that mix. So I-, I don't think we should be taking away from what he has done. I think he's kind of maximized what he can with these bigs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Barama is the one that I look at, and this is obviously a very telling year for him. And then you also have to, before you start this discussion, say injuries, because that has been a thing with Barama that probably hampered some of that. But by all accounts, this past year he was healthy the entire year, and that was sort of the year where we were expecting, I think, a little bit more. And we got it at the end. So now... Can it continue? I I would say all those guys you mentioned, not really the highest ceiling, you're right. But Barama, I mean, it wasn't like he was some outside 300 recruit. He was right around 150, I think, on 24-7 sports. Recruiting rankings don't mean anything, but Maryland offered him. There were some good schools that offered him. And I just don't know if he has developed quite as good as he might have at another school by coming to Syracuse and the injuries and injuries have
0: played into the yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah so I mean bottom line is this I think and this is something that maybe it won't be talked about a ton but I find Griff maybe the ni- one of the nicest coaches at least to the media I-, I thought he was excellent and a really nice guy and just someone that I think the entire program will be really hurt to lose like sometimes it gets lost that this is a guy that's just in the Syracuse family and obviously they would respect whatever he does but it's tough to to lose someone like that and then for Syracuse it kind of leaves a void at an inopportune time, right? Because we don't really know when the season starts, but I mean bottom line is they're practicing right now and if they just magically don't have a guy coaching up their bigs, which obviously they would address the need. And and maybe some people listening would say, oh, this would be good because then they go out and get someone from out of the program who or potentially from out of the program. Either way, you bring in someone who has a little more history coaching bigs perhaps, and that might be a sneaky good change for Syracuse, maybe down the road, but it's not good timing. I mean, then this is not something that Jim Boeheim would be, thrilled to have to deal with right now, or anyone on that staff, for that matter.
0: Would you be disappointed? Like, is this a bad look if Griff is kind of making a horizontal move here? Um, Potentially, but I
1: think it's just so person-to-person with that. Like, the coach, who I'm forgetting his name, he mentioned earlier, who's going from Indiana to Kentucky, I guess that's yeah, more of a vertical... Flint. Yeah, it's more of a vertical jump because Kentucky's kind of a big deal, but... And
0: obviously the the one before that, Kentucky to the NBA, that's obviously a vertical yeah. jump as well.
1: It would be a little more horizontal than those, but I don't think this is incredibly uncommon because he's going to his old head coach and it could just be that his family's like, oh, okay, uh, A change of scenery would be nice or i I mean you just don't really know it's so person to person and i don't think it would be a good look but i i wouldn't say it's like oh my gosh what has happened to the syracuse program i mean i i'd be pretty surprised if if this actually happened though right wouldn't you
0: i yeah i'd be a little shocked if it happened i right I don't think it's a good look. I don't think it's, I think I'm with you. It's not necessarily a bad look because this is a horizontal move in terms of what he'd be he'd be moving into in terms of the situation and all that stuff. And you got to keep in mind too, I mean, Indiana's they've been set up pretty well for the the near future. Not not to say that Syracuse isn't cuz I think Syracuse is also set up pretty well for these next couple of years, but Indiana's been pulling in some really good five stars lately, getting some reclassifications as well. They could be a real force these next couple of years. And I mean, don't discount what Archie Griffin has done either. And I remember when there was the whole succession plan or potential succession plan in place, I I actually wanted Archie Griffin to be the next coach at Syracuse. I thought he could have done a really good job with this program. Now, obviously A that didn't happen and B um the, the, it didn't feel like they were going to go outside the program for their next head coach, whenever that may come. But I, I was always impressed with what I saw out of Archie Griffin at Or Archie Miller. Not, or, or yeah, Archie, yeah. We're getting it Archie, mixed up. It's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's Alan Griffin's Archie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, Archie with Archie Miller and, and what his brother has done too at, at Arizona.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I totally agree. I think – where we're at right now is kind of interesting. The one thing I will say is you would think he would rise higher on the assistant coach's totem pole at Indiana than Syracuse. So, in a way, it is it is horizontal program to program. It might actually be putting him in a better spot to be a head coach at that program by going to Indiana. Who, who knows, though? Because, I mean, it's I, I don't know the the structure of the Indiana coaching staff, admittedly, as well as I do. Syracuse right now but it'd be a tough loss at this point in the season so I hope it doesn't happen and I guess it wouldn't be the worst loss though if it did happen of all the assistants and I I don't mean this as a slight to Griff whatsoever I think then at least it would kind of pose them reevaluating the question of is this the best way to develop our bigs right now or should we look elsewhere which Again, not on Griffin. I think Griffin I would ideally like in my dream world now maybe Griffin will prove me wrong two, three years from now. But my dream world would be bring in someone who's a little bit more skilled handling the bigs and also have Griff on staff because the fact that Indiana's after him shows to us that you know we should respect him and we should understand that we've got a very good assistant coach on our staff and him.
0: Well, there's another thing that I think you need to consider here, too, is the fact that, I mean, we see G-Mac's name pop up on these top assistant coach lists. Red's a very well-respected guy throughout college basketball as well. Don't rule out the possibility of one of them maybe taking a head coaching job in the next couple of years, whether yeah. it's at another school or the, or if they're in line for some succession plan with Bayheim, because... They, they've always been rumored to be interviewing for jobs, for looking being looked at heavily by different programs as well. So don't be surprised if maybe one of them ventures out of the program. And then you'd like some continuity because, like I mentioned, Syracuse is set up pretty well for these next couple of years. You would want some continuity on that coaching staff yep. with Griff and, and some familiarity there because let's say GMAC goes off and, and takes another job as a head coach at some smaller school. Does that mean Dior's coming because Gmac was the lead man there? So Yeah. That all that stuff needs to be weighed when when you're talking about these different moves. And I will say this though, I don't think a lot of schools are going to be making drastic coaching moves over the next 2 years because of the way that their wallets have been impacted due to COVID-19. So That's a good point. Yeah. I, I it's both sides of the the ledger there that you have to look at but hey some sometimes you, you got to make a move when you got to make a move so right we'll we'll keep tabs on all of that let's say Griff is hanging around though here are some of the guys that he might be coaching down the road including one big man a localish kind of guy that Syracuse offered this past week we'll talk about him next So Syracuse staying busy in that class of 2022, they put an offer out to Riley Mulvey, 6'11 center class of 2022 from the Albany Academy. And it just shows that this big man position continues to be a point of emphasis for this team. Whether you look at this class of 2021 and their pursuit of Mac Etienne or 2022, Donovan Klingen, and Riley Mulvey, among others, that, that they're really going hard after. And when you look at a guy like Mulvey, again, he's ranked 180 on the 24-7 composite. But 24-7 itself slots him in at the number 86 spot, so a big disparity. And it looks like Jim Beheim might be ahead of the curve once again and is helping to get some of these guys noticed by some of these other big schools.
1: Yeah, props to Jimmy. He has been... You know, sort of targeting some under the radar centers, and if he likes him, I like him usually, and I think he's spot on here as well because Mulvey will continue to rise. Now, Syracuse is his second power conference offer, very early twenty twenty two kid. The other one that was worth mentioning it's Iowa, and that's because apparently uh, the head coach, who is it at Iowa? Ty, you're the, you're the Midwest. Yes, mm-hmm. I was, it was escaping me, Fran McCaffrey has a connection with uh, his family, Mulvey's family. So he's already, you know, had that relationship, and I think he has taken an unofficial visit to Iowa. So it seems like Iowa will be firm competition on this kid, despite him being a local kid.
0: It's also worth noting as well that there are a number of major programs that are also looking at him, too. Rutgers, Maryland, Notre Dame, Michigan, Providence, Stanford, Wake Forest have all expressed interest in this guy. So we should see his profile rise. And again, it's a little bit tougher to do this year with a number of these events being canceled. There's still some that are going off, but there's a number of events that have been nixed for this summer. So this was probably a time when you'd see him rise a little more. He has grown, I think three inches in the last couple of months too. So that sprouted him all the way to six foot 11. And so he's a City Rocks guy, which is a, a program that he he actually played with J.J. Starling, but a number of Syracuse targets and some Syracuse Andre players Jackson. in the past yeah. yep, have all been City Rocks guys. Isaiah Stewart was. Obviously, uh, Buddy Bayheim was a City Rocks guy, too. I believe Joe Gerard was a City yep. Rocks guy yep. as well. But Jim Hart, the guy who's kind of in charge of, of City Rocks, he's even talked about how it takes these upstate guys a while to get noticed, too. And that's probably yeah. why we haven't seen Mulvey get to a higher place on a lot of these recruiting rankings. Again, 24-7 is really the only place that has them. ESPN doesn't have them. Rivals doesn't have them on their list. So it takes – and it doesn't surprise me. You're playing against lesser competition for the most part. You're you're pretty much you, – you look like a man amongst boys out there, especially when you're 6'11". But, I mean, think about guys like Buddy Bayheim Joe Girard. They didn't have the greatest of recruiting rankings – but both of them are probably going to end their careers as an all ACC player at some point yeah. along the line. So it, it just goes to show maybe you look in some of these other areas and you, it takes a little bit to get your your profile up to where you think it can be and, and to where it really reflects of what you can do on the floor as a college basketball player.
1: Yeah, I think he could be a very nice almost three, four year player for this program. And again, that is not a slight. I just think he comes in and he would, you know, I don't think Syracuse is the best place right now to land a one and done type center. I don't think they're at that stage. Isaiah Stort may have come if Mike Hopkins was still the assistant, but I think the program also might've looked different if Mike Hopkins was still the assistant. That's obviously the million dollar question. It's just, the 2-3 zone, I think, is a tough sell to a center who's trying to vault to the NBA after one year because it takes time to learn it, and Beheim doesn't have a great track record of letting freshmen anchor the 2-3 zone. Now, if they're a special talent, I think he would make an exception, of course. But the other thing worth noting on this offer is just sort of what it means for the status of the other guys that they have offered. We should note two guys have committed elsewhere that were targets, but not the biggest losses. Two names that you may or may not know. Elijah Hutchings Everett went to Penn State, and then Samson Johnson went to Yukon. That's two 2021 guys, and again, Syracuse didn't seem to be hot on the trail on those two, and I never really thought they were coming, but it seems like after that, they've gone more into offering centers and well, at least with Mulvey that this is one example of that so I guess the bigger question is what does this mean for Mac ETN and Donovan
0: Klingit I I'm with you there and again you can't just push all your eggs into one basket in in 2022 already I I've already advocated that that's what they should be doing in 2021 who knows if that's going to happen or not we'll see yeah But in 2022, that's a a very naive plan to dive into, because you do have to keep your options open, and Klingon's profile has blown up to the degree that it has. Now, Syracuse was one of the pioneers, I guess you could say, in his recruitment, and I'm sure that means at least something in his book, but there's no guarantee any of these guys are going to pick you. So you do have to have backup and contingency plans to go with it, and I think Mulvey could be a solid one. And Jim Hart has even compared him to Craig Fourth, a guy who started on that 0-3 title that. team. Craig Fourth with a jumper, and, and Craig Forth, If we know anything about Craig Fourth off the floor, he was electric <laughs> in that rewatch of the 0-3 title zoom, game. Yeah. He, I think he stole the show. I would say with the the sly one liners, the fact that he was he only he talked his like mic- four times, but he right, his mic it. was unmuted. Yeah, yeah his he, he got his he got his. When he when he shot his shots, he he made them. Okay, yeah. that's the way. He was it, it was all about 100. the. He was he was getting some bang for his buck out there when he was and and his mic was unmuted the entire time. He wasn't even watching the game. I'm pretty sure he was watching cartoons <laughs> with his kids and was just logged on to the Zoom call while everyone else was was fully invested yeah, into that was the game. Awesome. But yeah, no, that was that was great to watch back in in the early stages of this quarantine. But I, I also kind of see a little bit of Tyler Lydon in him as well, just a, a yeah. big guy who can anchor the zone and can step out and hit a shot for you because that's one of the, the parts of his games that's really evolving right now is developing that jump shot.
1: Yep. Uh, last thing I'll say before we wrap up here is Samson Johnson going to UConn is kind of worth noting because UConn is after Donovan Klingon very hard because that is home the home state for him, and UConn is also after Mack Etienne. I don't have great vibes right now about Mac Etienne. And I I know our guy Q's Country tweeted at us kind of saying the same thing. Illinois seems to be maybe the leader right now. This is all sort of speculation, but I just haven't seen a ton of Mac Etienne talking about Syracuse lately or any articles related to, you know, Syracuse and Mac Etienne
0: being linked in one way or another. I haven't seen much of Mac Etienne in general, though. I will say that. He has th- kind of which, gone off the grid a little bit.
1: Right. It, it could be overreading. Who knows? But I, I would feel like this Mulvey offer might come on the heels of they don't feel like they're getting both of those guys, which I guess they never really probably worked. That would have been a pipe dream, of course. But I, I still have decent hopes about Klingon, and I think it's nice that Mulvey... Yukon's got a lot of um, centers in the works there. So if they got Klingon, that'd just be... That was his
0: school all along that he liked above
1: everyone else, I would
0: say. All right, that's going to do it for this Thursday episode of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. We hit the big stories of the week that we've kind of been brushing to the side ever since we saw some leagues start to go down with football, but we're going to get to some of the ancillary stuff tomorrow, kind of a, a like it or leave it tomorrow so we'll catch you up on some football recruiting things also some basketball recruiting things that happen and even some stuff on the dome progress we will do all of that and more tomorrow on the show so for Tim I'm Tyler we will talk to you guys on Friday